Warriors Life slash Fonzie Podcast 2022, episode 26. Uh, two months since the last episode, and it's just me and the Fonzie Rally um, here for this one, hoping for a cameo from Brad Larking at some point. Uh, again, apologies for our, our long-term absence, and thanks to everyone that's been patient and, and been requesting us to, uh, to drop something, um, and excuse our, our rustiness. Um, which will no doubt permeate this entire podcast. Bonds, mate, uh, good to see your little face again on stream for the first time in a while. And um, how you been, bro? I've been well, mate. I've been well. It's good to see your face too, although there's a bit going on there. You've got a, got a bit, of, <laughs> bit of a shiner to the old left eye, it does, Will. We won't get into how that happened just yet. But, uh, no, it's been, it has been a while. It's just been one of these things, I think, where work, life and all the rest of it, has made it just a bit tough for us to come up with a time. And I'm not going to lie, there's probably just a, a little cloud of Warriors fatigue hanging over us this year that has probably meant that we haven't been as quick to jump on the mic at the back end of the year as we might have in other years. But I'm keen for a bit of a uh, chat tonight to make up for it in what is going to be loosely a season review. Yeah, Hundy P, mate. It has been very difficult to uh, to muster the enthusiasm to to do something again after um, such a diabolical season and a real just flat finish to it. Um, yeah, it's just hard to. I'm sure we would have got it together if uh, if we'd been so inclined. But yeah, yeah. It's a combination of uh, busy schedules and the Warriors being shit house. Um, yeah, we just wanted to uh, take a break from it, watch some other teams go around the finals that are half decent and hear up yeah. World Cup action. But um, we have new form buildings, Brad Larkin. He's jumped in early, early cameo. How are you, bro? Evening, ladies. How are we? What's going on with you, Will? you got a black eye, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, Jesus. Yeah. What's been, what, what did I, I've only seen you like four days ago and... Yeah, no, I'm playing uh, for the listeners out there, playing a bit of uh, club AFL here in Christchurch and a um, bit of a head clash on in Saturday's game. Cops hey. up, um, back of someone's head on the cheekbone and it's blowing up a beauty. It's not what head I'm hearing. <laughs> You're too old for that, man. You're too old for head clashes. You stop head clashes at about 32, I reckon. Yeah, it's a bit of a shock to the system, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, oh, it's a ripper. Mm. And I can't blame Ruth because I know she's not home at the moment. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's she's smart though. She usually um yeah, keeps it out of out of sight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. What were you what were you, what have you been up to? Not much, mate. You you know we're live, Brad. We're we're actually kicked off that you've come in um in the actual episode, not the pre-game chat so uh oh nice nice so i missed all the bullshit at the start yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's right that's right (laughs) but um mate how are you you're about to head off on hell of a trip for the weekend aren't you busy busy mate yeah now being off hunting mate (laughs) off hunting um i've never been hunting either so we got invited to what did i say it was uh something nicholas mount nicholas station don't give out too many details, mate. You'll have all the Oh, yeah. Mount there. Nicholas Station in um, Rwanda. So, <laughs> yeah, but they've got a bit of a deer problem on their station at the moment. And so I asked the boys today, 
what's the strike rate going to be? What percentage are we running out actually getting a deer? And he goes, oh, it's 100%. Last yeah. time a guy walked five five minutes from the hut and had a deer. And then there's a bit of a river that trickles out into the lake there. So Ooh. hopefully we can get a chuck in the lure and see if we can get a trout. Yeah, no, it's going to be sweet. Looking forward to it. There's five dads, five dads, and between the five of us, we've got eight boys all together. So we're all taking the eight boys as well. Fantastic. So mate. what can go wrong? Guns, alcohol, children. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, no, no, we're, we're smart. I shouldn't say we're not We're not going to be drinking while shooting. Let me put that out there straight away before we get another complaint. <laughs> That's why we've been off the air. The real reason... We got shut down. Um, and I was lucky enough to have, have Brad up in uh, Canterbury last week. Went to the Idols concert. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good, that was a good, good old. 24 hour uh, visit from you? Yeah, 20, and it hasn't stopped. 24 hours, so that, on a plane home, sleep, and then up for the Dunedin Beer Festival, which is one of the biggest days of the year too. So it's been a big weekend. Looking forward to uh, reacquainting myself with the couch next weekend. <laughs> a lot more active than you usually are, Brad. Oh, I know. Social butterfly. Just popularity. You just got to give into it every now and then, eh? And sort of all these people always want to hang out. Come on, Brad. Come on. Yeah. So I have a month. You got to give the people what they want. And mm. that's certainly what we're trying to deliver by having you on the pod tonight, Brad. Chanting <laughs> for some. It'll be fleeting. I'll stick in here for a bit, but there's still some packing to do. So, I'll. Uh, Fair enough. If if you're time constrained, mate, can you just give us your season review now? Then. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Uh, what do you got? Time constrained season review. What did I think of this season? This season wore me down. Yeah. It just wore me down this season. I. It ruined my lust for rugby league. Come final round, I reckon. Even yeah. I don't know. What about you boys? How did after that season, yeah, I um, with the same mate. I've, I've never felt so disconnected, and and yeah, warm down's a pretty good good word for it. It's even in bad seasons, I've still been hyped up for the, you know, for the games towards the end of the season. So, but it was almost a chore, and I yeah, missed, I missed two games in a row while I was in Aussie. Didn't they like normally? I would shift stuff around make sure that i was seeing it live but i just i was just like i yeah i don't remember ever doing that um yeah i can't lie i was happy a couple of times i had an excuse not to watch them <laughs> come the end of the season oh we've got to go to stick oh sweet righto but then you go somewhere and someone's going out of those warriors going it's a, it's a it's my lovely wife trace I've screamed, probably screaming at Otis to brush his teeth. We went to a, we've just been to a landscaping, like, thing at Placemakers. They have invite, and you go there and look at all, someone's got some bricks, and you're like, oh, sweet, nice brick, man. And he goes, yeah. And then you go to the next stand, and someone's got some concrete pavers, and you're like, sweet, nice paver, man. Yeah, they are. So, well, what am I actually getting from it? But we had to take the kids. And they were out in the car, so all we could do was we'd run in and get jelly beans and that off the store tables and sprint back to the car with jelly beans and cans of Coke. And now they are hyper. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, there might be a bit of noise in the background at my place too because it's a bit early here, so they're still knocking around somewhere. And when they get work out that I'm doing a pod, <laughs> they're old enough now to just be contrary little 
you know, yeah, and just yeah. come and make some noise. But look, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I was saying it will before. The season lost its magic at a certain point. Like, I, I don't know what – it it seemed pointless to bother. Like, I yeah. like sort of watching and thinking about the game and I just realised there was nothing worth analysing going on because there was nothing interesting or clever happening with the side. Or consistent. And, or consistent. And it was all going to change. Yeah. It was all going to change. So it was just a cul-de-sac and – um, I, I mean, I still enjoyed watching footy generally, but it is just different when you don't have, you know, that sort of week-to-week intense um, interest in your own side. Yeah. Mm. And so, I mean, I'm loving the World Cup at the moment. Um, no, I I'm, I'm not... sort of into that. I'm really looking forward to the quarters and semis in that because I think there's going to be some fantastic footy there. But, yeah, to be honest, I, I sort of um, – I, I almost feel like, in a way, the reason we haven't sat down and done a proper review of the season is because there wasn't anything to learn from the season. There wasn't a lot of good things to talk about from the season. It was sort of like chuck it in the bin and let's start from a clean slate next year, you know? Yeah. For me, the the section of the season probably where I felt most energised was it was all falling apart and the Matt Lodge stuff was happening, <laughs> then Brown quits because obviously there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, intense stuff happening there's a lot for us to talk about and then after that and Stacey came on as coach and we're still losing games the, the homecoming was a bit of an upswing again and then it was just an absolute grind we knew you know what was we knew that Brown was gone for me that was the combination of something I've wanted to happen ever since he got yeah <laughs> the club. Um, and so yeah it was just a bit flat just like get me through to the end of the season get the boys home let's Get into 2023. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see a new team. I was sick of looking at those guys on the back last year. I want to, at least next year there's a whole lot of change and hopefully we do see a new team. It'll be hard for us just then Fonsi only just occurred to occur occur. What am I trying to say? Occurred to me. Um but you being an absolute statistician and digging deep into the game, that must have been tough this year. Because you would have found no consistency, nothing to build any sort of proof on anything, because each week it was different. Yeah, he yeah. picked the game apart in terms of yeah, what they're yeah, trying yeah. to play in that. But Well, it's funny, like, because like I was the first sort of 10 rounds, say, I was trying to work out what the hell Brownie was doing, you know, what, what the game model was. Um, what it was looking like. And <laughs> Pencil at the table, screwing up bits of paper at the rubbish bin in the corner. Yeah. Like, like frantically. He was it's, like that, that meme of uh, the guy from, is it, uh, it's only sunny in Philadelphia with the string all over the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's like he's been up all night trying to... <laughs> so it's exactly, it was like that. Try to think of a good analogy. Be like if you like see some really interesting like um, interesting carvings on a wall or something, and you're trying to work them out, and then a toddler comes through with a knife and starts scratching the wall up, and you realise it's just a toddler scratching the wall, right? You know, like it's <laughs> it's there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to build a case on. This, this isn't hieroglyphics. This is just some dude, you know. Yeah. So it was a bit like that, and so yeah, it was it was a bit frustrating. Um, but let's let's do it. Let's do a bit of a high level recap of the year compared to other years. Will you're you're the 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 guy with that. How does it rank overall compared uh, to past years? 
I guess there's the caveat that they were worn down after three years in Australia and all blah, that. Blah, 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 though, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and no, they, you know, they said they weren't using that as an excuse and in theory they should have been more settled than at any other stage of their, uh, mm. their odyssey over there. Um, so we'll kind of wipe that clear and uh, just rank it as a, you know, is against any other season, every season has. Yeah, I don't think it garners an asterisk beside it. Uh, no, no, not quite. Um, for me, it starts and ends with the worst defensive record in the club's history. Yep. Um, and the equal lowest season tally of wins. Um, so six wins uh, that equaled 2004, which is when Daniel Anderson um, pulled up stumps halfway through the year. And, you know, we had a bunch of 17-year-olds yeah, doing that sort of thing it was a mess. Um, and our lowest ladder finish ever. Ever? Oh, equal, actually. 15th, e- second last. Uh, I think it's only the second time, second or third time we've finished second last. Um, and just, you know, obviously there's different numbers of teams in the competition. Uh, from time to time, we finished 15th in a 20-team competition in 98. Um, yeah, all of that. Just suggest it's um, in the grand final for our worst season ever. And yeah, Nathan Brown leaves the club with the lowest winning percentage of any Warriors coach. Um, I would wholeheartedly say is the worst coach the Warriors have had just because of um, where it left us and mm. and and the way that the decision was made, I guess. Um, yeah, just glad he's gone. Yeah. yeah. 20 losses. Like six wins, but 20 losses, isn't it? 18 losses. 18. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of buys. No, you're right. The rounds are right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, the round. Yeah, it's I didn't think of buys. I'm priced up by Brad. I'd double check. <laughs> See, like, I'd, I'd usually go and get some stats out around, you know, points for, poor, points against, this and that. The other. I can't be stuffed. Like, because what's it going to tell me? It's going to tell me we had a shit year. There's no, there's no. Um, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to be learnt. It's all going to change, and there's um, no insight that's worth having from doing that. But, yeah, okay, so it was equal to, if not the worst year on record, according to the metrics, you know, around the table and so on. And, I mean, if if I look at the gameplay around this year, like the way we set up, I mean, I think Brownie, the worst coach ever, you reckon? I don't know. I still... I still have a bit of a soft spot for Brownie. Um, I agree he left us in a much worse place than he found us. But, like, I think what happened with that was he he overreacted to the new rules. The game sped up um, and became more of a, of a fatigue game. And, you know, the big guy sort of went out of the game a bit for a while. And then they sort of changed the rules back and we reverted to a more normal model. But... He just went all in on that. And so he did that by looking for sort of more mobile players who could move laterally on his edges. Um, He sort of went with this really small back five and said, that's all good. We're going to open up the middle with ball movement, decoy runners and this and that, go wide early and overcome that. And it just didn't work. And I think the thing we learnt more than anything this year from the Warriors experience and you compare it to the Penrith experience, right, the way they play, it's that 
all of this stuff around lateral movement, around opening up the middle, around um, attacking from anywhere on the field and all of that as a philosophy, it is more in vogue now than it was three years ago, but not, it has to come off the back of forward momentum, right? It has to come off the back of front foot. It doesn't work. You can't win a comp playing off the back foot. Remember like the Rabbitohs Penrith GF, yeah, where like basically Penrith played on the front foot all night and the Rabbitohs played off the back foot all night and they nearly jagged it in the end, the Rabbitohs. Mm. Um, and sort of I came out of that GF going, well, maybe there is a, a new world where you can play off the back foot and still win because the Rabbitohs nearly did it, but no, you can't. You've got to get momentum. That's got to start with your back five. Um, it's got to roll through your middles. And then off the back of that, you can do all these things. You can have this sort of more complicated game model. But um, it just ignored the building blocks. His team selections from day one were a problem. And, yeah, we, we just don't have the squad depth or the squad versatility to be doing what he wanted to do. And so it ended up just collapsing in on itself. And to be honest, I think the players saw it about the same time we did, really. And mm put their queue in the rack around it all. Um, we obviously don't see a, a great deal of improvement after Brownleaf and Stacey took over, although it was difficult circumstances to take over and, you know, lodges left and all that sort of thing. But I thought there was a bit more effort and just, just you know, just from the naked eye, slight improvements, like their worst performances were... A bit yeah. more life in their play. Yeah, they look, look to have a bit more energy with the ball, and yeah, they didn't seem to be. Mm. It's just me, you know, knowing that Brown was nowhere near the joint that uh, made it just feel better to me or something. I don't know, but you know, Vilea came along towards the end of the season. He actually started to show his promise. Katoa showed his uh, <laughs> Stephen Kearney, Todd Payton form when he'd gone off a cliff under Nathan Brown, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, it was nice to know that it was a club legend and Stacey there in the ship, um, but he didn't specifically want the job, so there was no sort of real... It was like... For them to... It was almost like he was trying to teach them to enjoy the game again. I don't know if they got any better, per se, but they looked like they are enjoying it a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, their two best performances of the season, uh, or of the last two seasons, probably, albeit against um, Tigers and... Bulldogs, um, and you know the Mount Smart factor was obviously big in that. Didn't win any other games, and absolutely <laughs> bottled one in the final round. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. to, to drop a few places on the ladder. That yeah. was the perfect send off that final game, wasn't it? Jesus, that that just summed it all up. Yeah, I, I felt nothing. I almost felt glad to be honest. I <laughs> to equal those records, the lowest season wins and worst defence, and blah 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 because that's what that late collapse did for both. Um, and I almost wanted that. I wanted that for this season. So we could, you know, it really was uh, rock bottom. Yeah, it really was. There, it was a, it was one of these years too. Like, I don't know if it's just because um, now I was co-hosting This Warrior's Life, so my profile went through the roof. But all of a sudden I had, um, I had all these people private messaging me off-field stuff, um, like way more than I'd had before. And it was mostly good mail just in the sense of the things they'd tell me were going on would later come out sort of thing. Or And for a while that was really interesting, you know, because you're getting some insight um, from 
you know, like pretty pretty far into the club, into the player group and stuff. And after a while, though, it just made me, like, fatigued. I'm like, I actually liked it better when I didn't know what was going on. You know, like I just, yeah, you know, ignorance is bliss and it's all just a shit show and I don't, like, it's not it's not that interesting anymore. It's just, yeah, it's just tiring um, and uninspiring and stuff. And I think that was part of it. This year we spent way more time talking about off-field stuff than we did about footy because the footy wasn't worth talking about and there was so much off-field rubbish going Yeah. You know, like it was like, oh, okay, that- CH... CHT's quitting. Lodge has got into an argument with the owner and is got like it was just every couple of weeks it was, you know, is SJ gonna hang up his boots? Um uh, Cody Nicarima's gone to South. So like every two weeks there was something off field that was negative and yeah, there was nothing on field to talk about. That's it. Like it's all right having a bad team and disliking a team because you know it's, it's seasonal type, but then to find out that you might dislike the club itself with all the background noise you heard and the, I didn't I didn't like that I was like oh I love this club I don't want to dislike them because this guy's doing that and that guy's doing that in the background and yeah it took a took a big chunk out of me this season the old Warriors I'd say yeah. bombs before to me it seems like the hallmarks of you know the good hallmarks of the Warriors are gone there's um you know they're not exciting to they're boring to watch they're not flamboyant they're mm. Uh, they can't knock over anyone good. They haven't, you know, picked up a big scalp in in a couple of years now. Um, you know, it's almost like sort of having suspicions that your cousin's a method, and then finally and ignoring it and just going, oh no, no, he'll come right. He's all right. He's all right. And then all of a sudden, you you catch him smoking meth, and you're like, oh, he is a method. Oh no. God. But even the bad seasons of the past where we've finished like bottom five or six. Yeah. I've got great memories of the 2013 mid-season run and, and, you know, 2015, I think we finished second last, but there's some great games in there. Exactly. Uh, there was... In 2004, that, you know, that went over Canberra after Anderson left. Um, but this year, you know, you got a couple of Johnson Golden Point games, which for me, the Johnson homecoming was kind of, ruined by just the constant barrage of criticism of him. Um, and then, you know, the, the the Tigers homecoming game, and that's about all I'll posit that I can take away. Um, mm. When I look back 10 years from now, that's all I'll take away from it. So, you know, Cameron George has been on radio and that in the last, since we were, since we last recorded an episode. And um, Sammy Hewitt, our mate over at Sands, actually put, a question that I sent to him to Cam, which was, how do you explain the fact that we showed all this resilience and so on at the back end of 2020 in the worst of COVID, where we're on the hop over there and stuff under Toddy Payton, and then this year where the coaches were straight and leading players were straight out saying that the guys weren't putting in, you know, like they were saying in post, like Jazz, Jazz came out and said it, uh, Brownie. And Stacey both said it to in different ways to different degrees that the attitude was off, right? And I was and and Cam's answer was, look, um, I thought that this year with coming home and all that, we'd sort of build into the year and coming home and give us a boost and all the rest of it. But it actually went the other way. It unsettled them. Like so, from early on, they were circling the you know the dates when they'd be going home. Um, those the Kiwis would see their families and the Aussies would have to start 
making this trip and all that. And it and it sort of unsettled them and it sort of made the whole year, even though they were permanently based up in Redcliffe and so on, it sort of made the whole year feel like a bit of a transition, you know? And yeah. like I'm paraphrasing what Georgie said, but he so he sort of said that it, it worked the opposite to what he thought. And so that even though this year they had a more settled base and they got to go home and this and that, he actually thought it just worked the other way. Um I mean, can we can we just write the year off to that, or do we have to go? Fuck no. That's yeah, okay. Like, is the mayor of Pinesidesville <laughs> say, you know, and just coming up with a reason why we had such a bad year? I mean, that should have been a reason to, you know, maybe it contributed, but I honestly can't, you know, justify them having their worst season ever um, on the fact that they were finally getting some relief from been stuck in Australia. Um, you know, they were just a terrible football team. There's no... Yeah. So did we overestimate the squad at the start of the year? Or I think did we they... must have. Oh. I certainly did. And then I watched this team. There's not. It's a pretty dog team. <laughs> really? I'm going to bring up the round one team, right? Individually, they went backwards a lot. Yeah. And a lot of them did last year too. But yeah, sorry, reading the round one team out, Fonzie. No, I'm saying I'll, I'll go back and let's. I'll read out the round one team. Yeah. So, because at the start of the year, most of us probably had them coming eighth to twelfth. Would that be? Yeah, right? yeah. Or they could scrape into the eight. Yeah, I was I was talking a big game at the start of the year. Tenth, eleventh. I thought Super Coach Brown was going to get us get us into six. The mastermind. He's going to coach his coach us in. So okay, so this is. Round one, the loss to Saints, yeah? So we had Chanel at fullback. Um, remember, while she was out because he'd been caught with coke. We had Dullin and Marcello on the wings. Um, this is probably a good opportunity to sort of just, if you want to throw in any comments about how these guys went through the year, chuck them in now because I don't think we've got it in us to go through the whole squad, eh? Um, so so Dullin on one wing. Um, I thought he had a good year. I was pretty happy with him. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah. And Mar- Marcello, I think, emerged as a genuine first grader. No more than that, but no. I, I think he's a genuine well, first grade close, player. Close There's right. always a spot there for him somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, I'd say he's, he's probably our best performed winger and our best performed centre, Marcello. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well. Um, so then... So then we had the like the crazily inexperienced, uh, and it's not hindsight. I was saying at the time, many people were Vilea and Berry as the centres, right? And it was always a why are you doing that? Just put one experienced centre in, like um, Aitken, and one of the rookies in. So at least we're not, you know, we don't have rookies learning in first grade on both edges. Um, anyway, so. That was the back five. We had Cody and Sean. Now, obviously, Cody was gone by round eight or ten, but he was our first choice six. <laughs> and then, and, and, and then yeah. unwanted. And then he got subbed well, out well, by Ash Taylor. It was, um, um, was kind of hard to tell if he was because obviously Chanel was at fullback initially, and then Johnson got injured for a few games. Yeah, um, that, that's back, true. But back in, uh, was a. Cody and Sean operation, was it? What, round two? 
Well, uh, yeah, it's 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 year. impossible to know because then Sean got injured, so then it was Chanel and, and oh. Ash Taylor. Um, but yeah, you might be right. Maybe he wasn't first choice six. It was always going to be CHT and Sean. Um, but we never actually got to to see that decision. Um, and obviously, Cody completely flopped and was gone by was round eight, round ten. His last game was round six, and he'd played six games off the bench. So. Yeah. Um, then Sean at seven, who, you know, as you said, Will, he copped a lot of criticism. I didn't, I didn't think he was that bad this year, but there were periods when I think he was carrying a bit of an injury or had fitness issues and was a bit slow and a bit off in D. But generally, you know, all eyes on Sean when the mm. team's going bad and everyone's looking at Sean in the team, then Sean cops a lot of crap. But, um, yeah, I think... Um, he had a revolving door of um, halves partners, none of whom went that well. And he's, you know, just probably not a halfback that's going to shine when the team is getting steamrolled and yardage every week. Yeah, exactly. Look, this is one of my themes um, around the gameplay this year is we were on the back foot all the time because we had no yardage, no yardage at all, no momentum. And we don't have a, we didn't have a spine that is going to be able to, win your game off the back foot. Not many mm. teams do, by the way. Not many spine players can, very few. But definitely, you know, like a spine of Walsh, Egan, Cody Nikarima and Sean Johnson is not going to win you a game off the back foot. Right? It's just it's just not going to. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Walsh, Walsh and Johnson never jailed like we thought it was. No, they didn't. thought it definitely was a, a match made in heaven and they just couldn't get it together. So then we had Adam and Bunty in the front row because Lodge was you no know, suspended off the back of the Titans game. Wade at hooker, Aitken, Katoa and Curran as the back three. Jazz, Ben Metamasia, Penne and Sirinan. I mean, I look at that team and I go, the centres are just, in, even in hindsight, are just madness that we went with those two. But it's not a terrible team. I don't think we were, I don't think we were on drugs to be saying eight to twelve. No, well, I, uh, my big thing at the start of the year was our three quarter line stocks, mm. regardless of who they picked. Our three quarter line stocks were absolute mess, way too weak. But you know, there's the other problems there. Um, look, just looking at that bench, obviously Ben Murdoch, so there was uh, plague by injuries all year. Aaron Penne, yeah, really, he was he was beset by injury. Uh, Where's he gone? Back to the storm, hasn't he? Uh, he? I don't know where he's gone, actually. I know we released him. I think he might have gone back to the storm, but I... Uh, Will's, Will's checking it out. Um, returns returns to the storm, so... Uh, but um, then you look at round 25, right? So, <laughs> Reece, different fullback, Reese Walsh, from round one. Um, Jesse Arthurs and Cossie are in there. So two of the two of the back four different Chanel's there on his way on his way to travelling and riding. Um, Arcee's uh, is the other half. Um, Tohu's at prop. Lodge is gone. Um, back rows the same. Freddie Lussick's bobbed up. <laughs> Tom Harley's coming in. So there's quite a bit of quite a bit of change. And when I look at the round twenty five team or the last round team. It looks like a team that should be finishing second last, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's a bit of the players we lost um, 
some of whom turned out not to be as good as we thought, um, were and, and the players we brought in were just that class level down, plus you throw in a few injuries and motivation issues and there it is. It doesn't take much to go from ninth to fifteenth in this comp too, you know. No. Like there's a few reasons for it, but the lack of continuity was um, yeah, probably all-time low for the Warriors. Um, Bunty played every game, but he was, you know, played 21 games off the bench. Um, and was okay, but you know, that's he's the only one that even came close. Reese Walsh played 22 games. Uh, Johnson next with 21, along with Aiken. And for Noah Blake, and then you got Egan at 20, and then everyone else is, you know, 19 games or lower. That's that's not a not a good foundation, regardless of who your cattle is. And you had the usual brownie. Oh, we'll put this bloke on the left this week, on the right next week. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll move this guy from the wing to the centre, then the centre to wing, and then we'll, you know. Um, so yeah, we didn't help ourselves in the continuity space. And then there was all that talk of SJ and Brownie are literally not talking, which I, I believe that was true. Um, and then there was apparently Lodge sort of running his own race and telling the players to ignore the game plan. I don't know whether or not that's true, but <laughs> it was reported. Um, and then mentioned him calling the plays. Yeah. He ain't no Tom Brady, a eh, Lodgy. <laughs> ironically, is probably, but to the time that he left, he was probably our best player. Yeah. yeah, to that point when he left at the end of round ten was his last game. He was probably our best by then. And he and you go and ask Roosters fans what he did for that club when he came yeah. across. And to to a person, they'll tell you he came in and gelled straight away and made a real impact in their front row. Um, so like him or not, um, he's he's a good footy player. And I reckon a few of those older heads like your Lodge and your Sean could see the game plan was going nowhere. And so yeah. then they lose confidence in that and in the squad and then all of a sudden, you know, the coach can't get the right attitude out of them because you've given up. It's like when you know your boss is on the wrong track. Yeah, but imagine you know, Lodge and Sean at the meetings, team meetings just looking across the room and going, are you, yeah. are you hearing the shit, Matt? He wants it's us to like, fuck. And just watching all the others taking it in like – some sort of religious cult, and all these people are getting zombified and Lodge and Johnson going, oh, hang on, nah, 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 come on, kids. <laughs> it's it's Brownie's going, don't worry about it. Like, we don't need yardage out of, <laughs> we don't need yardage out of backfield. Like, it'll be fine because what we'll do is we'll go wide early and then we'll hit the edges and Sean's looking at it going, yeah, and Lodgy's looking at it going, so you're telling me I'm going to be getting the ball standing still in the middle of the field on the fourth on our, on my on my twenty line, and just get crunched. Uh, yeah, I just I think they'll, never, a bit they'll of, never think we'll do this. They will, yeah. they'll think this is the last thing we'll do. They'll... And like I'm I'm not saying this just to be slack to Brownie. I I, I just think he made a mistake, and I think I lost you. He, 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 oh, you got me now. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, I was saying I I don't I'm not. I'm not trying to be overly critical of Brownie. I think he made an error. I think he miscalculated his squad a bit. But I think there's certainly an element of senior players going, I'm just not on board with what this guy's putting down. And Mm. once you get to that point, um, you know, it's a pretty hard game to get yourself up for if you're not, if you don't believe in what's going on around you. Like, seriously. Like, people talked about Adam Fanua Blake being pedestrian this year. I, I disagree. I thought he did a fantastic job. He, I think he did his role. But, you know, man, Adolfo Blake must have been sitting there going, I'm the only guy here making metres. 
like I'm a one-man army trying to hold up the yardage game of this team. And I'm not a hiding to nothing, but I'm a pro and I'm competitive and I'm going to do it. But excuse me if I don't look excited about it. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. I think Joe Tuppany doesn't look great <laughs> this year if he doesn't have a pretty decent Raiders pack around him, you know, supporting yeah. him. He, he, yeah, AFB was definitely a one-man band. Um, probably not quite as good as he was the year before, but, I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was all a product of um, of everything else that was going on around him. What a uh, train. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's right. You've got a train train. I was trying road. to work out. thought it was uh, aliens coming down. Over <laughs> <the mountain. laughs> I was waiting to see books start falling off the shelves yeah. behind you. <laughs> Grab on or something here. Um, <laughs> so, so, all right, let's let's do some quick highlights, lowlights. You go first, Brad, because I'm scared we're going to Highlight, it actually popped up. <clears throat> In that last team of the season, I enjoyed watching Tom Arley go about his work last couple oh, right. of rounds. But yeah, a okay. bit of bit of game time he got, I thought, yeah, he looked like a kid excited about playing footy. Yeah, um, low lights. It's just, oh, I don't even know what the low lights would be. I wouldn't even know. It's, well, it's hard to it's hard to focus on one. It's just the whole season. It's the whole package. Yeah, it's if, one if, big long disappointment. That's I guess. If, you, I was yeah, going to say it's it's like if you bend down into the bottom of the pool to pick one up, you'll end up with your arm stuck in the mud, won't you? Like it's yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, it was it? I, yeah, I, I can't pinpoint one one low light. Just I guess the low light was there was no real high point to the whole season. You're sitting there on the edge of your seat waiting for something to happen and nothing ever happened all season long. So Brad's summary, low light was the season. Highlight yep. was Tom Ale in the last few rounds when he come back <laughs> right, when he come back from his ACL. He played four games off the bench. Yeah, I know. That's all I can take from it. It's all uh, fuck him. Fuck him. Nah. Good on you, Tommy. Friend of the show. The rest of the years have got some work to do. Yeah. My highlight uh, was definitely uh, Sean kicking the golden point field goal in round five against the Cowboys. He didn't have the best game that day, but he had a really good game against in the win over the Broncos and the comeback a week earlier. I just thought, yeah, fuck yeah, we've got that moment. You know, even if things yeah. don't go that well for SJ this year, that's a moment to hang my hat on. That was, you know, there was three wins in a row for the first time in quite some time. Um, and I just thought, you know, there's a chance to build something here. That moment was where I felt the most elation this year. Um, and it was a genuine, genuine highlight of, you know, being a Warriors fan. Uh, low light, definitely uh, getting whipped by the Sharks after they had a man sent off. That I just thought that was absolutely pathetic. And that's where it turned for me. I was actually death riding them from that point until Brown was gone. I, when they started getting pumped in Magic Round against South, so I was I started getting annoyed by the comeback. Um, yeah, and, and I watched the next few games totally emotionless until they until Brown um, resigned, air quotes, um, because I just knew that they were, were going nowhere. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, individual low light as far as as far as the game goes, even that Sharks game. I mean, to not they had, they had a man in the bin. 10 minutes in the second half as well. 29 <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. 
Yeah. Highs and lows. So highs, obviously, the return game um, for 80 minutes there. The return to our smart game for 80 minutes there, I could pretend it was good. You know. Um, I, I was really happy. Like I was saying before, there's nothing you can take in the next year. One thing you can take is Tohu came back from his long-term injury um, and still looked mobile, still had all of the ball skills, all of the nous and all of the smarts. And so uh, we've got the real Tohu back, and that's good. Like that's Because I was worried about that, man. I thought he's going to come back a bit slower, a bit less um, mobile, and he's just going to be a straight-up prop. But he's not. He's a genuine 13 all-rounder player that he's always been. So um, that's that was a bit of a highlight in the back end of the year. Um, highlights, what else? I don't know, Big Ed Cossie um, proving Will wrong and coming out. and um, Highlight for me. <laughs> doing his thing. Um, you know, I mean, he, he had the nightmare that we all knew he had in him, but he also showed his upside, which is awesome and um, a bit sort of like, if you're looking for glimmers of hope or symbols for the club, it might be Big Ed, you know what I mean? Like um, into the future, uh, Will, Will's not liking it. And and the low light is Matt. We're hanging ahead on that. The, this club has gone down the tubes. I mean, good luck to Big Ed, but this this club is not. He's not. He's not the next Manu Vatave. I, I I think those couple of good games just are delaying the inevitable. Yeah. I'm no, on the other way, I reckon you'll go all right. Do you um, yeah, I reckon he will. Yeah, but fair enough. He, he probably could. I've been wrong so many times. It's not oh. funny. But, I mean, the Matt Lodge thing for me um, was the low light because it just, to this day, publicly, it is completely inexplicable. And, and you have to either put it down to idiocy or something a bit more sinister that isn't public. And that, to me, just kind of hangs over the whole season. Like, so okay, so are we run by idiots? Probably not, you know, because the people running it are credentialed, so they shouldn't be idiots. So then there's something else there. What is that? I don't know. Well, maybe I know. <laughs> but, you know, um, and it's this whole, like, if you want to run the line of we're in tough times, we're in COVID, we've just got to point to that external problem that happened once in a hundred years pandemic stuff. It's all going to be good next year, right? I can get behind that if I look at the season and go, yeah, but within internally, what we could control, we control well. You know what I mean? And Matt Lodge is the big neon light symbol with fireworks going off behind it saying to me that we didn't control the things within the club that we could control very well, you know? And so, how can I just go, yeah, it's COVID and should be square yeah. when I've got stuff like that going down. So that's why that was a low light for me. Um, and, and, and like, if we were going to do something this year, it was going to be off the back of Fanua, Blake, Tohu and Lodgy yeah. up the mm. middle, like opening up, giving Egan something to jump out of, getting that momentum. And we never got to see it at all because Tohu was busted for the first 10 rounds and then, Lodge was getting paid to play somewhere else for the last ten rounds, and so we never, we just never saw it, and so we just limped along. And and just the fact that we're, you know, wearing his giant salary off our salary cap next year, <laughs> yeah. so unprecedented and inexplicable. 
given he was never going to take up the option and the fact that they just refused to even acknowledge that acknowledge that they can't even acknowledge that we deserve to even be curious let alone deserve to know (laughs) that's the thing that's hardest to take like you know i get i get that i want to tell us but say look i know you would need to know it's fucked up but we're not telling you they're, they're, they're <laughs> that honest with us about it. <laughs> yeah, but we, we all we, we know. I mean, I think I think most people well, yeah. most people most people know roughly have connected the dots. Yeah. At least acknowledge that it's weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Don't pretend it's like, it's just what happens in this business. Yeah, yeah. You guys just don't get you don't get so it's it's that and and I think to me like I don't want to hang it all on the lodgy thing right because we've done it to death but like we if it's exactly tough if, if hmm? we weren't exactly flying before that no no but like it, that's right but if it's tough times but you're all in it together and you're all pulling <laughs> together and you're all looking out for each other and making the best of what you can you, there's still some magic in that you know what I mean there was that magic in 2020. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. but if it's tough times and there's a lot going on externally that you can't control, and in the meantime you're just chucking grenades up in the air in the middle of the camp and sort of, you know, like it's just, it's that's not that's not the same. That's not doesn't inspire um, it's passion. Hard to, hard to feel sorry for them. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we're we're away on this life raft here in the middle of the ocean, and because the ship's sunk, and there's nothing we can do about it except I'm just gonna stab a hole in it here, and, <laughs> and, and 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 then and then chuck a bottle of piss on the bloke sitting opposite me, and then we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of <laughs> so condescending, eh? They don't. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's. I think when it, when you push it all away, it's it wasn't that. The coach got the game model wrong. It wasn't that <laughs> the players couldn't seem to get it together. It wasn't any of the personnel changes. It was that it felt like we were shooting ourselves in the foot a bit through the year. That caused me to go, well, why am I going to bother wasting all my time and energy on this if they're not pulling as hard as they can within, you know, internally? And that's probably harsh because this bloke's even- this. There's blokes in there killing themselves for the club, no doubt, no doubt. But that's just how it felt at times. It wasn't the teams were only the teams. Were, it was New Zealand Warriors' worst year as a as a whole group. All the, the off field was their worst, probably the worst performance in a long time as well. It, yeah. uh, bloody bludgers, God, piss and moan, piss and moan. I so segueing, but it's not it's not the Vodafone or New Zealand Warriors. Yeah. Anymore. What do you think of that? One New Zealand. One New Zealand. It's a bit sounds clumsy to me. <laughs> I don't think they renamed the business to the uh, thinking of the rugby league team. Uh, not at all, but it just sounds a bit one. Yeah, like I like the fact that it's got New Zealand Warriors in it again, but overall it seems a bit clumsy and probably. It sounds like a David Kidwell type setup. Look, <laughs> yes. you know, one we're one New Zealand Warriors. Um, standing on the promo of them standing on the side of a hilltop staring at Aussie in the distance, eh? New Zealand behind them. We are one New Zealand Warriors. Probably my biggest gripe is with the new logo, though, and the font that's used for one New Zealand on top of the Warriors logo. It's the most pedestrian font of all time. It's like they just use the default and like, yeah, (laughs) it just looks so budget. 
I've been even, I've been looked at it. Have they got that on the jersey? Have they released? Uh, no, they just released their new logo instead of oh, okay. off the top and kind of like you know like someone that knows what they're doing design wise has done it. It's just this one New Zealand. It looks way too big. It's yeah, it doesn't cover the whole top of the. Do you reckon that six hundred and seventy five grand might have helped them get someone decent decent sort of graphic designer? <laughs> you talk oh, about Lodgy's yeah. money. <laughs> That's who got cut first. Um, but, you know, I don't really care that much. It, it's one step closer to calling them New Zealand Warriors. Yeah, that's, my, that's than, my take. I like it. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather that than Vodafone. Not because yeah. I had anything against Vodafone or anything, but I mean, I never called them that anyway myself. Yeah, but, but we were, yeah, we're the only club in the comp that calls themselves the... Yeah, yeah uh, we, that was the question I was, was going to ask because I wasn't sure if it was because we were just in... Warriors land, we always heard that. So the storm aren't their main... To that extent, yeah, it is. Oh, is that right? Yeah, like, you know, every single piece of comms, the Warriors is is not is accompanied by Vodafone Warriors. Um, uh, and, you know, it's, I, I get it, and Vodafone, amazing sponsor. but Yeah, and they've been bad behind them. It's awesome how long not many people get so, to have yeah. the same sponsor on their jersey for that, that many years. The pay is just, yeah. And stuck there through COVID and stuff when they weren't yeah. doing anything in the New Zealand market and stuff. So, yeah, no. I... Remember when the Bulldogs and the Sharks couldn't even buy a sponsor? <laughs> they just had running around like in training jerseys. <laughs> Mate, dead set, like in Sydney, it's 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 really actually changed in the last five to ten years. Like, league's sort of become more mainstream. I know that sounds weird in Sydney because it's the biggest sport by far, but um, there was a time post Super League and then Bulldogs rape scandal and this and that where, um, like you were a, like everyone in the street was pretty much a league fan, but no one really wanted to admit it. You like, aren't you? You like the league too? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. So, um, you know, like, um, it's it's sort of, I do like league guilty league. by association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bars to watch the league. It's like, hey, hey, mate. Like, you don't watch footy. You don't. You know. I don't. I don't watch league. Do you watch league? Oh, you do a bit. Oh, yeah. No, so do I. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. It'd be um, <laughs> hiding your rugby league weeks under your bed and only yeah. when everyone's at the house. I mean, I'm I'm exa- obviously exaggerating, but it was a bit like that. And in the last sort of five to ten years, it's mostly gone away, and some um, better sort of PR and vibe has come out around the game. Um, but do you think the woman type- involved now make a big difference too? I think there's that. I think there's a um, lot more females liking it and watching it, and obviously involved in the game now. Yeah, I think there's that. I think there's um, things have just settled down a bit. I think other codes have had some problems. Like AFL used to be the darlings of the media, but there's been a whole bunch of scandal there that you know. Um, and I just I just think the NRL's got a bit smarter with its media management and all that. So um, nowadays, sponsoring an NRL team would be an attractive thing for a lot of companies, but I reckon ten years ago, seriously, company would look at it and go, "I'd probably lose money sponsoring an NRL team because there'll be some, there'll be a Josh Carr and get me on the front page for the wrong reason." You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, wasn't it around the peptides thing where Cronulla lost all their sponsors, and then something happened at Canberra in the mid two thousands? And yeah, what happened? They got yeah. There's, there's there's always plenty going on. So yeah, it's it's uh, I reckon. The one New Zealand thing is is better than what we had, and I don't, I don't get why anyone would worry about it. Um, as long as I keep the money coming in, so we can keep doing our thing. Mm. Hey, speaking of Joshy Curran 
have you have you heard like you guys have seen the latest latest media around that yeah doesn't look good um yeah what do you reckon does he played his last game for the club or so i mean um i was on the new zealand warriors forum the Savo, um on the bus on the way home people were like oh this and that and i sort of said let's just remember here right so the police have put their allegations in he hasn't put a plea in yet right we don't know if he's going guilty or not guilty he hasn't said anything so it's way too early to be even talking about what the facts are because all we've got is what the police are alleging you know what i mean like we don't have the actual facts yet but he's got a criminal charge right it carries 10 years now the nrl no fault stand down is at 12 so he does not get stood down well, I was if wondering he, about that, so if I can yeah. right, because he's also got the, like, what is it, felony theft charge on Yeah. Does the combination I, of those two things carry him past the 11 years or what? My understanding what is um, that, that the stand-down policy applies if you get charged with an offence that carries more than X. You can't add up a whole bunch of broken glass and say, I'm over the threshold. So, so. got a drunk drive home and... Um, yeah. You can't get three thousand parking tickets and be stood down, sort of thing. So he's um so he's not gonna be stood if he pleads not guilty, which is in December, he's gotta put his plea. I reckon from what I know about the system over here, it'd be nine to twelve months before he gets a hearing and he won't be stood down. So he could he could conceivably play the whole of next year without any effect from this. Well, I guess where, it will depend on his initial plea. Yeah, if he pleads guilty, it'll be all wrapped up by March and um, then there'll be all these issues around the, can he, like once he's got a criminal record and he gets sentenced, can he get a visa to live in New Zealand and all of this sort of stuff, right? Um, but, yeah, if he pleads not guilty, though, he might get through the whole year before we even have to talk about this again. Yeah. So uh, so the question is, will he play? I just don't know. It depends how he pleads and all the rest of it. But um, And what he's also saying to the club, like if he's, you know, at least just assume that something... What have the police alleged? That so is- what the what the police have said is that, according to the Daily Mail, right? This is the Daily Mail's take, so that's probably less reputable than this podcast in getting facts right. But um, he's, he's the the Daily Mail says that the police are saying that he's tried to buy coke off a sixteen year old in a nightclub, gone into the bathrooms with that sixteen year old. The 16-year-old gave him his phone number so he could put um, his number in it so they could do a deal later. But Josh has just pocketed the phone. And when the 16-year-old went to get it back, Josh has clocked him in the mouth and knocked out two of his teeth and then stolen the phone. But that's just what the police have said. That's not necessarily what happens because we don't know what Josh has um, God, there's got to be a bit missing from that story there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too, mate. <laughs> like a I, bit missing there. You don't go from that to stealing a phone and clocking. So, yeah. But if the kid, if the kid's missing two front teeth now, and Karen had something to do with it, that's uh, not yeah a scenario. Yeah, but it just depends. I say, like for example, I mean, I have no idea what the hell's going on here, right? But I'm just saying, like, if I was making up a set of facts that put it different let's say the kid has been up to no good right and um josh has confronted him about it and the kid's taken a swing and then josh has had a swing back right and mm. 
I mean, that's that's. Yeah, I mean, you can end up with no front teeth in a whole heap of ways. You know what I mean? So, do these joints have um, cameras in the toilets these days? No, probably not. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering how. Um, if if it's just lined up like along the wall above the urinal, just facing down, must be allowed that. <laughs> yeah, surely. I got one in my house. <laughs> I got one in my Airbnb. <laughs> Um, if it is, if, just uh, hypothetically, if it was true or something similar to what's been alleged is true, it would rank close to the worst off-field incident involving a warrior, just about. I mean, we're pretty lucky as far as atrocities go. Like, genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for it to happen to this guy is, you know, the, the darling of the warriors faithful. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because he was... You know, they they talk about how he was wasting his potential. Then Brownie had a word to him, and then he sorted himself out and started, as he put it, I think. You know, I started doing all the right things. You know, making the right decisions. Um, and then he came good. And then he was remember he was angry with Sean shortly mm. after on field. Shortly after Brown left, it does make you wonder whether um, he's had some attitude issues or off-field discipline issues and the year that we got out of him when he went well is actually the, not the norm over the course of his career, if you know what I mean, like just from those stories. Yeah, well, I, I was in the minority when everyone was going berserk for him, calling him, you know, potential captain um, and leader or at least a leader at the club. He's still only played 38 NRL games and I sort of tried to think that by saying he's, you know, probably played at the time, halfway through the season, half a dozen games you would say were excellent in the NRL. Um, yeah. Maybe a few more now. But, you know, I just sort of thought he would, everyone was getting a little bit of heat on on him. I reckon we underestimate with some of these blokes how much impact getting off the drink has. Like, you read all these stories, like Chanel got off the drink and came good and this and that. I, I think there's – I'm not saying – I don't know, Josh. So I don't know whether he's drinks a lot or not. But I think – Generally, in the NRL, there's guys who go through like surges of really good form because they've cleaned up their off field, Monster. and that and that and that doesn't mean going from, you know, Fruit Loops to Wheat Bix. That yeah. means that means going from beer to water, you know, or from from something to something else. So, yeah, I think there's a bit of that that goes on, and yeah, clearly, was blo- too, yeah, have. yeah, between three year old bloke. I'm going to have to go pack a truck, boys. Yeah, mate. Well, you, you, thanks for sticking with us this long. We're probably not too far away from wrapping it up, Bomb. So, so. You got you got any last thoughts for us, Brad? Uh, Is, can, can you give us something for next year? Can you give us some thoughts? I'm, like, I'm bloody excited about Webby. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I am excited. I'm excited about that, and I'm excited. I've seen the first story put out by him, but and he's excited about his spine, and I like – I like that little bit of freshness. Yeah, I just want some freshness about the game and the team and that next year. I, I don't, I don't want to be just trying to be seen trying the same ship, the same cattle. I, yeah, I like the fact there's going to be a few new faces. Yeah, there. just a fresh, clean slate. Yeah, yeah. and I've got a bit of I don't know why I've got a funny, got a funny feeling Webb might be a bloody good coach. Wait, yeah. To clarify, his last name's Webster. No. Webster, Webby, Webby. Oh, Webby. <laughs> yeah, I I know a few people who know Webby, and um, 
I mean, I only hear good things about the guy, you know. So, but it, I mean, there's plenty of good blokes in the world, and they're not all yeah, the yeah, CRL yeah. coach. So we'll see. We'll see. I guess that we we at least with Brown, we sort of knew his background. It's, it's nice not knowing the background of this and being able to imagine a bit of a picture of how you think he might go about it. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's right. It's it is a new a new start of clean slate. Um, and like I, I don't have any expectation we're going to have a cracking year next year at all. Um, but I, I feel like it will be a year where I'll be able to watch the games and hopefully see what we're building to. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's all. That's all I need. I just need to see some you know, a plan and how it's starting to come together and where it might go. You know, that that's enough yeah, to get yeah. me very interested in watching the games real close. I'm thinking of these as like those initial, just thinking back to the Ivan Cleary initial years. I'd like to see uh, every year, Cleary used to go through a tough start to the season traditionally, but by the middle of the year, he had them clicking together and they'd come home for wet sail. And he, and, didn't, yeah. he didn't have star-studded squad. Nah. And he yeah. didn't make the finals every, but even on those years, he didn't make the finals. You're seeing progress in the team. That's what I'm, and that's why I'm just thinking of Webster like him, really, coming from Cleary. Hopefully, we, yeah, hopefully a little bit of him's rubbed off on Webster. It's a good endorsement. And, yeah, I don't know. Me, success in the NRL is, you know, a team being more than the sum of its parts on paper. And mm. that's all I'm hoping for next year. Whether that means, you know, we only get to 10th or something, then that's fine as long as we, you know, just see some improvement. And it's a team that plays better than it. You know, theoretically, should based on you know the team that's coming out every week. Yeah, I want to be proud to be a Warriors supporter again. Someone yeah. go, oh, you support the Warriors, do you? Yeah, I fucking do, mate. Yeah, I do. I'm I do. Sick, yeah, I'm I'm sick of having to con- like this year talking to non-league people when you yeah. say you're involved in the league or whatever, want to do for a job. I'm a big Warriors fan. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you, you just have to concede it now. You just yeah. Have, do the uh, the trademark? Oh yeah, fuck! It's a fucking grind or whatever. Like, no, you should try living in Sydney and saying it. Yeah, just like, copping it, eh? Just and then you've got nothing. You've got no comeback. You've got nothing. There's no defence to that. It's like, like us. So, we were playing off our back foot all season as well. The first time I felt like they're justified in there. <laughs> like, yeah, they're living up to the probably what is a bit of an unfair reputation historically. Hmm. So you got you got to go. That turned around. That'd, that'd be my minimum aim. Yeah. So, right. So, I got to do the jet. What do you got, Brad? Are you packing a shotty? A two two two? What's no, going on? I, no, I don't have anything. I think the what's the name has got a point two two. Yeah. Uh, he's got a he's got a point one seven. Little high powered point one seven. He just got that goes yeah, all right. right. And then I think that couple of the other bloke, couple of the other bloody blokes, mate. They got a couple of bigger weapons. So we'll drop something. We'll drop it's something. Just sounds what? like you could throw an empty beer bottle in the air and knock one out the way they're thick over there. <laughs> knock, I'll shoot one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> knock one out while it's in the air. I'd probably do that as well. But um... <laughs> just quickly, Brad, we've talked, um, you know, just me and you before about how you sort of you change your personality but depending on who you're around. or you have, like Chameleon, you, yeah. Do you know this group of dudes well enough that you can just be the Brad we know and love on the podcast and, and privately, or are you, do you have to put on your... No, nah, no, nah, I don't have to put on a show. No, nah, I don't. I can I can actually be you the Brad. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the OG Brad. Um, nah, 
They're a good bunch, actually. They're a good bunch. So plenty of laughs. It might be one or two. No, I don't have to change nothing, actually. I think they'll take me as I be. I'm just going to be bare ass, pair of scuffs and a T-shirt all weekend. Take some photos, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I will. I'll, um, I'll bomb you with some. That's going to be idyllic. It's actually going to be epic. Looking forward to it. Mate, looking I'll, I'll forward fish, to seeing... I fished down there before. Not like that station, but a bit further. You were down, down Glen Orky, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. At the um, head of the dart or something. Mate, Was magic. it the dart? Yeah, or, yeah, you've got that's right. Yeah, it's magic there. Yeah, did, did a couple of days fishing. Not when I was there, but no, no f- fished around there and then head up the hills into um, towards the glaciers up at the dark glacier and that, um, and then the Midstone Cables. It's it's magic country. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to just walking, walking up a hill and just sitting on a hill and looking at Lake Wakatipu. Eh? Just it's a good yeah, I love it there. Now it looks idyllic and um. Yeah, no, I'll be rad just hanging with the kids. Kids out in the bush, the boys love it. So we'll sit back and watch them have fun, I suppose. <laughs> All right, legend, off you go, mate. Righto, toodaloo. See you, mate. Uh, did you have anything else? Warriors, wise? Uh, not, not really, mate. I mean, I, I suppose to put a bit of positive tinge to it all, um, I like... I like the way we've – I mean, the roster next year is still – I don't think it's a strong roster, but I like the composition of it. I think they've got a bunch of pieces there that will let Webby um, implement the system he wants, except with massive neon lights flashing, you know, going. We don't have any props, right? So um, I'm going to be really keeping an eye out in the next couple of weeks as some movements start happening with um, clubs, you know, like this talk, Clemmer's going to move, um, and there's a bit of other talk out there. Nas Nelson Asafa Salomono is going to move, um, so I'm going to be watching that because we need to get at least one, probably two props to have any show next year. So I'm going to be watching that, and if we can get a couple of props, um, I think the rest of the squad is reasonably well balanced, and there's enough there that Webby can do something, um, and. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it, it's going to be one of these off-seasons where I'm not as keyed in, you know, as I have been in the past. But I do think that when it rolls around, I'll be well pumped for it next year. Yeah, I think the squad's got – might lack a bit of uh, five-star quality, but it's got a lot of versatility. Yeah. A lot of depth besides being a bit skinny in the front row. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, otherwise I quite – yeah, I don't mind the makeup of it. I sort of talked about the 2010 squad that didn't have any superstars except for like, you know, Brent Tate and maybe a Mannering. Yeah. That's, I don't know, it's that kind of feeling. I just kind of, just the position the club is in, I feel like that's where we need to be, possibly. Fly under the radar, build a lineup. Um, you know, there's a lot of options there for with yeah. the new coach. Um, you know, their recruits. Their recruits are ridiculously versatile. Walker, yeah, Marty Martin and Chance all you know can play several positions. You know, there's a lot to. Yakore, yeah, 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 absolutely. Who I think is going to be a great guy. So I don't know. I'm feeling positive and just being back. It's almost like a new club to a certain extent, given there's a new coach and a new regime um, with with a lot of changes to the squad. I don't know. I think we're in for a better year at least. A more enjoyable year as a fan, even if it only ends up being sort of a 10, 11, 12 finish. 
Yeah, I mean, I think when the, the new year rolls around, I'm going to be sitting there going, okay, how would I coach this squad? You know, like what, what would that look like? And we're back into some positive thinking and some analysis around that, which would be good. Um, and before then, we got a World Cup to finish off. You got any thoughts around that? You want to kick that around for five? Yeah, um, like I've enjoyed it so far. Um, the Kiwis have maybe been a bit frustrating to watch. It's always hard, I think, in those pool games to really, um, you know, when you're obviously better than the teams you're playing, to really show how good you are. Yeah. Those maybe when where the Kiwis have been playing, if I'm not mistaken, like some of those fields are a bit tighter. Yeah, it's a bit of that, yeah. Uh, you know, it, whereas, you know, they're playing over here, you blow teams off the park because you've got more space and you run around them or through them. But, yeah, we, we haven't had our straps and hopefully there's no repeat of the uh, Wellington debacle against Fiji this weekend. But I think there's enough time to really give Aussie a shake in the in the semi. I think it's going to be a classic. Um, and on the other side, the draw, as a neutral, it's really exciting. I'm loving the the makeup of those quarterfinals, England, Papua New Guinea, I think it's going to be a bit of a dark horse for the game of the tournament. And yep. uh, and Samoa Tonga could be a bit of a fizzer, but could be absolutely insanely good. So, yeah. And then, you know, the semi to come out of that is going to be um, an absolute ripper as well. So, yeah, shaping up to be a good tournament. Uh, the blowouts haven't bothered me. That is World Cups and, you know, Rugby Union World Cup has those as well. Uh, you know, the criticism of it. Sport of the Ducks back. Who cares? It's just great to see these nations getting the, getting a bit of um, airtime, particularly debutants like Greece and uh, Jamaica. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I just look at it and go, well, um, if you if you wanted to avoid the blowouts, you'd have fewer teams. So then you just have more qualifiers, which would have blowouts. You know what I mean? So we sort of pulled those games into the cup, which is fine. Like the group stages, let's be honest. There's four, five, six teams who are always going to qualify for the quarters. And so the group stages are just, you know, really trials and training runs for them. That's fine. And then there's another four or five teams in the middle where the group stages are genuine qualifiers for the quarters. And then there's, you know, four teams or three, four teams who are never going to make the quarters, but it's awesome and amazing for them to be at the cup, you know, and they get to play a few games against better opposition and learn and then, there's some development that hopefully comes off the back of that. So, yeah, I've, I, don't, I don't mind that. But I look at it now, I agree with you. Like, PNG's a much better team they're given credit for because the the way they play, they're very well drilled. Their system's good. Um, they're a good style match for England, I reckon. Um, they might have some issues with England's physicality in the middle, but they handle Tonga all right. So um, I think that's a good game. Tonga Samoa goes without saying. Um, the Kiwis and Fiji, like... So my take on the Kiwis, I haven't watched all their games, but I've watched um, some of, like, probably about half of the minutes they've played in this tournament. And they're clunky as all get out, right? And the clunkiness is coming from um, their – they've obviously got an awesome forward pack, but they haven't sort of focused in on the middle as well as they could have. And then their ability – but teams are compressing just to handle these big guys in the middle. But their ability to then hit the edge, like snap out of the middle and hit the edge, is clunky. And the reason for that is Hughes hasn't been playing and he's that guy. That's his job in a way. Um, and Manu kind of wants to get the ball and he's a run-first player. 
So, you know, like when you've you've done the work, you've sucked in the middle, then you want to go wide and skin them. Um, you've got Dylan Brown who sort of lacks a bit of confidence and awareness, but he's basically, you know, he's a good player, but he's a bit young. Um, Hughes has just come off injury and then Manu who wants to run first. And so it's it doesn't quite work. So I think this is a must watch because if we can get that to and Madge knows this. Like Madge, you know. So if we can get this together, that's what you want to watch this weekend. If you're going to watch the Kiwis um, Fiji game, watch the transition from middle to edge. That's the thing to watch. If we get that right, then it's game on against Australia. If we can't get that right, then I think, okay. yeah. Um, Hughes, yeah, missed the first two games. He was outstanding. He, he was uh, putting well with 20 minutes to go against Ireland, but he had it on a string against Ireland. Two tries, three try assists, and very, very smart try assists as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Against Ireland, and then they took him off, and that, it kind of fell apart a bit. Uh, Manu had those couple of highlight moments against Lebanon, and has been a bit flat, played 5-8 against Jamaica, and kind of struggled to find his groove. Uh, same against Ireland, and really get into the game. I feel like he's maybe getting a bit too much just flat football and, you know, chuck it to him and see what he can do out yeah. of nothing. Like, use him a bit more like a Tedesco, um, getting the second pass and with some space and, and making defenders make decisions. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, uh, yeah, there's the, the potential there for them to win the tournament for sure because they've got such a good pack. And I think, you know, the Kiwis have maybe been playing a bit to their opposition who have... But they had a pretty weak pull, really. Lebanon are plucky, um, but, you know, not the strongest opposition, and they've just been coasting through. I um, think they'll step it up a bit against Fiji. It's not going to be the easiest one. Hopefully they can, you know, find their groove a bit in, uh, leading into the Aussie game. Yeah, and, like, you look at England, so they've got their system nailed, you know, and they've been, um, great. They've been great. Yeah, and Victor Radley... Um, is that tra- he, he is the transition from the middle to the edge? So they've got good middles. They do the job in the middle. They hit the edges, and it's it's all very smooth. Uh, the Kiwis are better than England, right? The the team there is better than England, but it hasn't. It, it's it, the machine isn't working all as well as the English machine is at the minute. So England's, um, England's only hard game was against Samoa, who were just inexplicably off the. You know, they would and you know fell apart for them. They haven't. England hasn't had a hard game. So. No, no, they haven't. But but that's the and they've like, done very well. What well, they've had it up against them, but yeah, yeah. And what what I've seen from England though, the way they've beaten these teams is transferable against good teams. Do you know what I mean? Like whereas the way the Kiwis have beaten the poor teams is not transferable because it's like the the whole Manu and Hughes are hitting sort of one and two off is not going to be there against Australia or England. You know what I mean? Like, whereas the the English have really earned their points, you know, more like, let's call it NRL way, you know, more structured way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think all of the last seven games are worth a watch. If you're a league fan, go and watch them. Um, you know, there'll be a blowout in there, but there'll be some, like, some of the best footy of the years coming up in the next two weeks. Yeah, no, pretty excited, mate. Um and yeah, just to also mention, I thought it was one of the better final series that we've had, even though the grand final was a little bit of a fizzer when it could have been great. But yeah, final series, a uh, great way to finish off a, a bad Warriors season, watching, you know, watching that many game, good games as a neutral. I thought it was outstanding. 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, your predictions, if I look back at the year, so you consistently um, predicted better than me in pretty much every direction this year, mate. So um, I, I get a lot of talk on his pod as being the analytical one. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem to do me much good. So Toddy Payton, we, we had this debate in around 10 or something. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm still not convinced. Well, look what he did. Brownie, well, you're onto that pretty early. Um, not that I was ever all in on him, but I certainly wasn't seeing the, you know, the way you were. Um, the, you know, there's quite a few bits. So I, I think you've you've had a pretty good year, really, in your prediction stakes. Yeah, not too bad actually. And I actually predicted Parramatta would make the grand final. From, yeah, uh, that's from right. That's the other one. Yeah, might have said it at some point during the year too. Um, yeah, I'd way rather be wrong and <laughs> go well, but yeah, take my victories where I can get them, especially yeah. the intellectual might of the fonts. Um, yeah, mate. Smoke yeah. and mirrors. What do you reckon, mate? Are we? Uh, are I we... think so. I, uh, we, we might do a Christmas special at some point, yeah, depending on how things go. But if we don't, uh, big thank you to everyone who engaged sent us tweets, messages, jumped on Facebook on This Warrior's Life. Um, however you engage this year, it was a pretty ordinary year, but I still had a lot of fun talking to the people who follow this podcast and follow This Warrior's Life website. Um, and so thank you, and let's let's keep rolling with it. Um, I, yeah, to say it's the only reason that we could possibly keep going is people's enthusiasm for, um, you know, somehow enjoying this as much as they do. And uh, we all really appreciate it. Uh, a special shout out to a couple of people who have been in touch with me personally recently. Uh, Tim Gore over in Brisbane and, and a good, very good mate of the show, Nick Phillips, um, is in Sydney now. Um, they even had to go back and listen to back catalogue episodes because, and I, and I said, I wholeheartedly do not endorse that at all. Um, so hopefully this gives you a little bit of respite from having to go through, listen to, imagine that, listen to. Mate, I'll, I'll tell you something that's really scary. So Fonzie Talks Warriors, I've had that on like maintenance mode where there's no new apps because it's yeah. sort of semi-retired. And I, but you still get the weekly update email. Yeah. And yeah. there's about 50 people a week who are listening to a 12 month old back catalogue of that pod, um, which just frightens me. It really frightens me. Yeah. It's have to be a fly on the wall of the, the uh, no offense if you listen to this one, but man. Yeah. Back and listening to some of those. Uh, and our and and our Patreons as well. We should say like we don't yeah, we don't we don't make a big thing about that because we're not here to like you know I mean it's just it's not really who we are. But that kind of makes the fact that people do it um, even more appreciated. You know. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Like there are some, uh, some costs involved, and really really appreciate anyone that thinks it's worth uh, pumping a couple of bucks in a month or more. Uh, so thank you very much to those people. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll be. I have to say, it's, it's you know, it's been hard to muster the enthusiasm to get back into it. But I'm sure once the new season rolls around, we'll be hopefully firing on all cylinders again. And um, yeah, we'll obviously keep you updated. Um, if I can do a little personal plug, um, my book, 25 Years of the NRL, Full Throttle Publishing, is in the 
I don't know what, what you'd call it, in, in the oven, about to pop out. Uh, had the printers swinging its way over, hopefully shortly, and it'll be in the shop, so tune to that sort of thing. Yeah, give it a look. Give yeah, it a look. You'll be getting bombarded with uh, with it through the channel, so I won't bore you with the details now, but, um, yeah, if you like that sort of thing, get into it. Um, Fonts, thanks for joining me, mate. Very good to catch up. Uh, do it again. You can sign us off. Well, I suppose, how do you sign off that year? Um, just remember why we're here. It's it's not for the wins. It's not for um, it's not for the glory. It's just because it's it's fun to be a Warriors fan. And no matter who owns it, no matter who coaches it, no matter who plays for it, the club stands for something, and it's something I like. So that's where I'm going to leave it and go the Warriors.